Welcome to episode one of Middle School, The Best of Times, where we discuss how All Saints Middle School's teachers, students, and parents can and do make middle school the best of times. I'm your host, Chrissy Huffman, head of middle school here at All Saints, and I am so excited about today's episode and my guest. I have three amazing ladies who are in the thick of raising teens in the digital world, and today we're going to discuss how we na navigate things like cell phone use, gaming, and social media. I have with me here today Amy Alsup, Lee Kiplinger, and Elaine Phillips. Ladies, welcome. Hi. Can y'all um, share uh, to tell our listeners about um, the ages of your children? So, Amy. I have two daughters in middle school, one eighth grader who's 14 years old and a fifth grader who is 11. I, this is Lee Kiblinger, and I have um, a senior this year. I can't believe it. And I have a, soft, a senior boy, and then I have a sophomore girl who's 10th grade, and then I have an 8th grade boy, Nathan. My, I'm Elaine Phillips, and I have a daughter who is 16, a junior. I have a 15-year-old. He is an 8th grader, and another son who is in 7th grade, about to be 13. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and and I wish you could times. see her face. It, I mean, it, it is amazing, the, like, the ages of our kids and just the spread of it and what we have yeah. seen when it comes to things like social media over this time. So what gave me the idea of us having this chat was um, we were at a basketball game not too long ago, mm -hmm. and I heard a parent lean over and ask Elaine, hey, when did you let your youngest have a cell phone? Elaine, um, and it, made, it got me thinking, you know, parents ask that a lot of each mm -hmm. other, and especially those of us who have older children who have been through it. And um, every family's decision's different, but Elaine, would you mind sharing what you, what you yeah. shared that day? Well, you know, this parent at the basketball game reached over and just said, when did you first give your kids a cell phone and, like, what are some of the parameters? And, I, you know, I, it stunned me a little bit. I wasn't expecting that the question. It was in the middle of the basketball game. But what I realized is parents really want tools for their toolbox. They want to know what everyone's doing. I think, and this person, she had a seventh grader, so clearly she had waited a lot longer than most people. And, um, you know, I told her a good litmus test for myself was when my kids started to do athletics and needed to be picked up at different times and send messages, that was important. So, um, you know, I said, you know, I think closer to 13. Um, I had my daughter was 13 or 12, um, close to that grade. She's the youngest in her class. But and then my boys got it a little bit earlier. I'm not going to lie. But, um, you know, I, I think honestly about seventh grade because that's when they start doing middle school athletics. So from that, you know, I, I said, she goes, well, what are some of the things that you've done, like giving them the phone? And I just explained to her, you know, I, I think one, I, I told her I really could speak to the things that I didn't do, right? Because my daughter's a junior in high school. And I really wasn't as prepared for the social media aspect with her as I wished I would have been. And so the things that I would consider would be to do a social contract, like a contract that kind of gives the parameters. Again, laying out expectations of what you as a parent expect from the phone is very important. So that right there was kind of the gist of our conversation. And we just started kind of discussing some things and another parent started to chime in. So it was a really fun conversation. Neat. Well, Lee, what kind of experience have you had with your children and what, what allowed you to make the decision of when, what was right for them? 
Well, and every family is different, so it's fun, but it's fun to hear what Elaine says, because I think in many ways we were thinking some of the same things. Um, for whatever reason, I just chose to let my, my kids have a phone at, at 13, and that was, it was on their 13th birthday. Um, but they did have an iPod Touch at age 11 where they could text us, mm -hmm. so we had the ability to text when we had Wi-Fi. So they didn't have access to Wi-Fi yeah. from 11 to 13. Um, but they had the ability when they were in a Wi-Fi zone to text us. So we felt like that was helpful in those years. And they felt like they had something that, you know, was maybe equivalent to the kids that had their phones. They weren't totally without something. But we, we felt kind of strongly about not having the Wi-Fi until 13. I don't know why that magic number, except that I was seeing, you know, in Texas, they have these eighth grade moms wait. They have all these little contracts you can sign and get on mm -hmm. lists where... So in my mind, I just kind of chose 13, and I'm, I'm thankful that we waited. I think, um, if anything, we were just trying to establish habits that weren't built around the phone, and that, you know, I don't know if it's really helped that mm -hmm. now, but um, they couldn't, with the phone use, though, didn't immediately come social media use, so we were not, yes. we did not let them use social media yet mm -hmm. when they got that, and because some of the social media age limits were 14 at the time, um, we were letting our kids wait for social media until they were 14. Mm -hmm. um, so they had a year on the phone without social media, but they did have internet. So um, I guess that's as far as just the actual phone use. Yeah. That's what I. That's what we did. Now, Amy, have you had a little bit of a different experience? Yes, as I'm listening to you guys talk, we had um, quite a very different experience. Um, before we moved to Tyler, we were in the big city um, mm -hmm. in Dallas-Fort Worth, and my oldest daughter at the time um, was doing cheerleading through the city. And all the practices were outdoors, and no parents were allowed to watch or stay for practice. So we had several instances where practice would get done early, or this or that, yeah. and she'd yeah. be the last one getting picked up. Um, and my oldest one has been pretty mature, I mean, since birth. She's always been an mm -hmm. old soul, so we, we really <laughs> felt like um, it was much younger than most of her friends. Um, she was 10, she was in the fourth grade, yeah. um, and so she got one for her birthday that mm -hmm. year. And so it was very limited basis. I mean, it didn't go to school, mm -hmm. um, things like that. She took it to and from cheer practice. She could play on it at home. Um, both of my children had iPads very early, like just for games when they were mm -hmm. small. Yeah. Which, as I'm giving this advice, I would caution any friend who has young children, like do not give them an iPad at a super young age because um, that's partly where we felt like we started to go wrong. Yeah. So um, Lily got hers at 10, and then as we, you know, as she got older and moved into middle school, there were more freedoms, more freedoms, more freedoms. But she didn't really have um, serious social media, like Snapchat, those kind mm -hmm. of things, till probably about seventh grade, I would mm -hmm. say. You know, I guess the 13-year-old mark. So my younger one, um, the issue was, obviously, everything big sister does, little sister wants to do. Yes. <laughs> so starting at about age eight and a half, you know, Gracie was very, when I'm 10, when I'm 10, when I'm 10. And so we were very clear that it's not the age that dictates when you get the phone. It's the maturity level and this and that and the other. Well, we had our move to Tyler, which was really a struggle for Gracie socially yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, she came as a fourth grader last year, and I would say more than half to three-fourths of the girls in her grade already had cell phones. Yeah. So that was even furthering her feeling of not fitting in and not having the things the other girls had. So we caved, obviously, and she got a phone on her 10th birthday, um, which made her feel a little bit more sense of fitting in with the girls. Um, but I have since realized that we gave her way too much too soon. Yeah. Um, the girls in her grade, even last year in fourth grade, and especially now in fifth grade, I mean, it's TikTok crazy. 
Um, yeah. They are, have not really matured enough to know how to have a presence with each other mm-hmm. on social media and or like in texting. And so we've had to sort of backpedal a lot, um, even with just, you know, manners and texting. You know, when mm-hmm. you text someone and they don't answer immediately, it's not blow of emojis and wow. text, text, text and mm-hmm. that kind of a thing. So we've had to go step by step with her about, you know, what does it mean to communicate yeah. digitally? So my advice to parents would be, A, not to give the device too soon, and B, be a little stricter in enforcing, you know, just because you do one for one at a certain age does not mean the other is ready at the exact same age because kids are all very different. Oh, and they look at it from everything. So having an older and a younger one, I mean, that they so, I mean, every freedom that they date. But I love what you did. I mean, you brought up that you monitored it. So again, just because we give a a kid a phone doesn't mean they know how to text, doesn't mean they know how to communicate in that manner. And I think we sometimes just assume that. And so I love the fact listening to you, you know, you looking at it and then gently correcting them, like, let me, let me explain to you how you would respond to somebody, you know, that etiquette that goes along, because I really do feel as the kids grow up, they lose that um, learning how to be cordial and and Mm -hmm. learning how to communicate and that etiquette that goes along Mm -hmm. in a text message. So, and we made it very clear to our children that, um, you know, one child actually got hers for her birthday. I think I misspoke. Um, The other child got theirs for Christmas. Santa Claus brought the phone, but you know, mom and dad had the contract of paying for the phone. Mm -hmm. Um, I would also caution parents that um, Santa should never bring gifts of that sort. It should always be be directly from the parent because there have been times where, you know, she wants to be logical and say, well, how can you take away something that was given to me by Santa? Oh yeah. You know, that kind of conversation. And so we we regret regret that choice. Um, But you know, in our house, our children know, you know, that having a phone is a privilege. Mm -hmm. And if you can't do what's asked of you, um, then we don't do, you know, we don't pay the cell phone bill and things like that. Um, Phones are kept at night in the kitchen. They charge in a central location. Um, we learned that the hard way, just, you know, kids staying up too late, especially during COVID time where there was yes. like this mm-hmm. no semblance of bedtime and all the days no. were the same. Um, you know, kids being on the phone too long and then not wanting to do work in the morning. So we have a pretty strict role about the phone goes into the kitchen, you know, depending on if it's a school night or a weekend. That's a yes. good tip. Mm-hmm. I gave that parent that night as just the one thing I would say to do is immediately establish a charging station. Yep, and yes. this is where the phones live. It's the home. Mm-hmm. And um, if and you can buy those on Amazon. Yep. You can get you can go to Walmart, whatever. But that is the biggest thing, I think, to establish a home for all cell phones. And then, you know, it's I would love to say that we don't battle that, but we still do. It's oh, it, yeah, for yeah, some absolutely. reason my kids and um, they still have trouble, like, you know, understanding this is where it goes. They want to keep it in there. And, you know, now kids are relying on it because of, you know, alarms and things like that. So it's tricky. It's tricky. But I definitely feel like if you can establish those boundaries of where mm-hmm. it lives, yes. um, then you're not backtracking like like I am. <laughs> I was going to say, that was one of my biggest regrets of not yeah. doing that from day one. You know, it is neat to hear how different families choose different times sure. and things they they used to monitor i know that a lot of families and talking to friends that they have one of their contracts with their kids um is that you that phone i'm allowed to look at it at any time yes and um not everyone you know some some people don't do that but um a lot do um that opens up some interesting conversations when you have that because sometimes we see things on those phones from other people that 
may not be the best choices. Mm -hmm. Has that opened up any great conversations for y'all with your kids? Because I know it has with mine. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. My girls know we have two cardinal rules when it comes to phones at our house. One is that um, no parent should ever pick up your phone and not be able to have the passcode. If I pick up your phone and I try the passcode that I know it should be and it's incorrect, your phone is privileges lost. Mm -hmm. That's a fast one. Number two, you are not allowed to delete anything off of your phone. Mm -hmm. A picture, a text message, nothing. If you want to free up mm -hmm. space, we sit together and we delete photos and we delete mm -hmm. things because mm -hmm. too many times we've had situations where something happened in text and you know mm -hmm. we want to sort of delete that that information but we had had a situation once um, where we had a friend who was texting late at night um, inappropriate conversation inappropriate memes mm -hmm. um, to my child and I had to reach out to that parent and say you know here's what your child is doing and the parent had no idea yeah. Yeah. So it opened up conversation for that family to say, hey, maybe we need to, to do a little bit more well, monitoring. We had no idea that this was going on. I want to yeah. speak to deleted messages. You know, I think that kids can get scared that they're going to get in trouble mm -hmm. if there is something deleted or if there's something inappropriate. But what I've told my kids is if you delete it, then I can't protect you if something Correct. were to happen, yes. being that I can't explain something, I can't explain something to you. So. Really, it may put you in an awkward position, but mm -hmm. please come show me first right. so I can, you know, at least guide you. But um, so I think that's a really important thing to let kids know that it's not us against them. It's we're all on one side. We're on one team. Absolutely. So let's all figure out, you know, how best can I protect you and how best I can protect you is if you're honest. Yeah. You know, I think I've learned, I've learned that just the more boundary, I mean, I've tried to tell my kids that boundaries is a sign of love, Absolutely. you know, and I think that that, that has been ingrained in them so early that they, 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 they almost want the boundaries. You know, yeah. you hear all those analogies of the sheep that without the pen, they feel, they, they huddle together because they don't have the pen. But then when you give them the pen, they actually can break off, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think, um, for my mm. kids, they've wanted those boundaries mm. because then they know they feel protected and they feel loved. Yeah. So I think all these all these boundaries, whether we don't have to agree on the boundaries, but having the boundaries, yeah. you know, is so important just in showing your kids that you love them. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Um, I do think it's great to put those boundaries out there to let them know that we 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 look at it. You know, some families choose not to do, but one of the hardest things I think is reaching out to a friend or sometimes another parent that you may not even know because let's face it our kids are, are making friends and things outside of school and um, they, they have friends all over town and we may not always know those parents but reaching out if we need to but I think I would want someone to tell me and and I think that's that's the thing is reaching out if there is something a parent needs to know about, but also sometimes just having the conversations with our kids about, is this how you want to represent yourself? Yes. And I'm excited, guys, about, I don't know if y'all have seen yet, I know Amy has, but the social institute that we have started yes. here at All Saints, and we're starting it down in fourth grade mm -hmm. and all the way through up, up, up through upper school, and um, we have the social institute, which is talking about, things even for kids who may not have phones yet 
-hmm. We're talking about the interactions we have about etiquette, about what your core values are and how you represent yourself when, whether you're sitting playing a video game and talking with your friends through that means, or if it's through social media or texting or any of that. And I'm very excited about this. Um, Elaine, you had talked about a toolkit. Mm-hmm. Well, we will have a literal toolkit <laughs> um, for parents and um, that we're going to share with them that they can see new apps and things that they should be watching out for as a parent to monitor their children's use and to start those conversations. The whole idea among, about the Social Institute is to get us talking, to get us talking um, students with their advisors or their homeroom teachers with their friends and with their parents talking about how they should navigate and represent themselves. Um, Y'all have started it in in lower school, and um, I don't know if your kids have talked about it, but so far I think it's going good, but I'm excited for what it will offer parents. It is, I'll tell you, we started, what, two weeks ago in Mm -hmm. the high school? Mm -hmm. And so after um, after the first lesson, my daughter came home, and she was talking about, you know, just she realized how much screen time Mm-hmm. How much screen time was affecting other areas of her life, and and we kind of joked around about it at home, but it ended up that like that Sunday when on our phones it popped up, you have this much screen time average or whatever. We were all comparing, and now we're kind of in this little friendly competition to see who can get their screen time down. That's awesome. Nice. And, nice. It, nice. and it, it all kind of started. It actually, well, it, it started. I mean, we we love to compete about anything. So <laughs> it started with just you know our daughter coming home and saying, you know, like I didn't realize like. Yeah, I'm averaging this many mm-hmm. hours of screen time. So um, it certainly can be a fun, friendly way of yeah. also trying to improve yourself and your use yeah. of the phone. It doesn't have to be this, you know, uh, strict discipline. You know, yeah. we've just decided as a family, hey, let's try to get our screen time down and let's have a competition. And so That's great. anyway. It's great, and I love that you know you can do that built that way that you just have a fun competition about screen time. But there are also some tools out there that you can use, yes. and you can use it as incentives or actually you know restrictions mm-hmm. when you need to. Amy, do you have a? You told me about a very cool app that you've used with your family. We do. We have something called Our Pact on the devices, um, on their iPads and their phones, and essentially what we can do um, it gives us full reign. All the way from truly Big Brother, like I can have live monitoring all the time if I choose to. We opt to not do that. We feel like at some point we have to trust them to make good choices. Um, And that only comes into play if we feel you're not making good choices. So we don't choose that option, but we control all apps. We control the access to those apps. So um, let's say, for example, if I was going to send the girls for a sleepover to a friend's house and I want them to have full text and call privileges unlimited, but I want them off Snapchat, TikTok, etc. by 10 p.m., I can set the timer to turn off those apps instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I can grant and allow, yeah. you know, you can earn more time for this or you can have less time for that. So it gives mm-hmm. us complete control. Um, and, our, and our kids know you can even grant overall screen time. Like you can give an allowance, like it's two hours or three hours or whatever mm-hmm. you want it to be. Um, when that allowance has been used up, yeah. it, it, it will shut them off and only leave access to their communication pieces that you allow. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a pay for app, but it is worth every penny mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> I think that's so neat. I've heard of Bark. I have a friend that uses Bark, and um, in a way, I think at first her kids were like, "What?" But then it actually became something that they 
that they, they needed that break. Like you were talking about, you know, putting out those boundaries. It was nice that they knew that at a time things were going off. You know, that yeah. they they knew they could they could say no. I can't, yeah. I can't yeah. be part of that. And yeah. I think that's pretty neat. Of, that these apps are out there's a there's a ton of them that well, and um, you can even through the iphone settings alone you can uh, place a lot of settings yes yes and things like that yeah. we've even found just out of safety through some of the apps you know we really had to battle um you know with the TikTok and the, all the things mm -hmm. like that just the access not so much what my children were going to do but the things that would come to them or the things right. that they would just yes. stumble across or see um, so there's an, actually another middle school parent um, who has pretty strict parameters, and she showed me how to make all the stuff private. Like only I can only accept you, you can accept yes. me. So it really tightens down, wow. um, you know, the ability of what can accidentally come their way. Absolutely. So that's really yeah. really important. Well, that's so true. Accidentally, a lot of this stuff can. You don't realize the access. Teenagers have no clue that they are opening themselves up uh, to the world. To the world, <laughs> yes. and I mean, gosh, it's just like I feel like sometimes I'm beating my you know, head up against a wall trying to explain it to my kids because they're good kids. They mm -hmm. make good choices and they can't even begin to understand how people are making bad choices. Not that they're judging, they just, they always think, well, I wouldn't do that. Well, I wouldn't do right. that. That's always what they say, but I wouldn't do that. And I'm like, I understand that. And I think a lot of people think they wouldn't do it, but there are, it's a slippery slope and there are some pitfalls. And if these boundaries are not in place, then you can't learn about that. You know, mm -hmm. boundaries for time, boundaries for what you look at, you know. So it's just our job because they can't put those boundaries. They can't manage their time on their own. And that's why we're their parents. That's but right. as they get into high school, you know, you begin to lift those parameters and give them a little bit more because they are gonna leave the house soon. So. <laughs> right. And you know, they have to manage that. So. One issue that we faced, I think, and we just recently, my eighth grader just got Snapchat. And so we, I spent a lot of time talking to him about it and I That's actually good. had him research, did he want Instagram or did he want Snapchat and what were the pluses and what were the minuses? Okay. And one thing that I had to learn was when my senior in high school was getting Snapchat, it was kind of the thing that parents were scared of because yeah, of the disappearing right. pictures and everything. Yeah. Well, it's now changed where it's become the method of communication. It almost is the method of delivery and over, right, yeah, over texting. Well, it took me, of course, I had to know that to, to understand. And so, <laughs> um, but one issue that's come up is you know people asking to friend my son and him not feeling comfortable mm. with that being friends with that person because of not knowing maybe what they might share. And so we've talked about you know that feeling of like you're going to be rejected or something if you don't accept the friend like oh. i've told nathan you do not have to accept everybody that comes your way like it's not it's not and it's not that he's um excluding this is not talking about kids at all saints no, this but is this, like when it, when you start getting out of that that's privacy how they realm meet people outside yeah. right. and in Tyler, it, it's right. interesting it gets he's had people you know, ask schools. him to be a friend that he's like i don't even know this person or why is this senior in high school asking me yeah. to mm -hmm. be a friend and so we've just had talks about privacy we've had talks about you can't worry about this idea of being rejected on facebook yeah. i mean um snapchat or you know, well, it's really important for them to know their own boundaries and to be able yes, to say no. But we know? had that problem too. We had to sort of equip for our girls. We, we instituted a rule um, where you're not allowed to add a friend on yeah. Snapchat or TikTok without mom or dad's permission. Yeah, well, that's, that's so great. So that takes the ownership okay. off of them. 
mm-hmm. you know, to know, to say to someone, you know, why won't you add so-and-so? And they say, well, you know, I haven't had time to ask my mom or dad yet. Mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to. That's it a great idea. It takes the rejection off of them. Oh, I wish I'd done that. That's <laughs> a good one. I mean, yeah. Well, and I'll tell yeah. you what I've witnessed, and I mean, it was a shock to me, but I had no idea how many people um, send out friend requests or just to, to follow you who have no clue who you are except your name and that you go to All Saints. And these yep. are kids. This is how they're meeting each other through yes. Snapchat. Yeah. And I was, I, it has been a long two years. <laughs> yeah. And trying to wrap my brain around that as a parent, that that's an avenue that they're meeting people. Um, and calling them their friend. Oh, that's my friend. I'm like, we're doing Oh, Snapchat. Well, and so <laughs> yeah. the yeah. conversation really has gone, well, what is a real friend? Like, what's a real relationship? Yeah. A, an online relationship is fun, but it is not real. And so those are some other conversations that you can have. Like, real is people you sit down with and you would ask, you would say hi to if you passed by in a room. Yeah. Real is not online and, and keeping up with streaks. So yes, Exactly. <laughs> Well, guys, you know, thinking about this, this is when I say that parents are part of making middle school awesome, this is the part. You know, this is the talking to our kids about the things that are very real for them and not looking at the things that they are interested in as necessarily wrong, looking at how how can we help them connect in the right Mm -hmm. ways and talking to them about these things, guys, this this is it. This yeah. these are the things yeah. that we do as parents that y'all are doing as parents that is making middle school awesome for these kids, helping them talk through those difficult social things that, you know, for us, I don't know about y'all, but for me, middle school was the worst of times. <laughs> <laughs> the worst of times. It, 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 it absolutely was. Yeah. But I do think keeping connected with your kids, keeping um, that conversation yeah. going yeah. Is, is how you really are playing a part of making it the best of times. Mm-hmm. So ladies, I want to thank you for this conversation. I feel like we yeah. could talk forever about this. Good, There's things that we haven't even, you know, touched upon. And so we may do that another time. But, yeah. you know, I hope that our parents and listening just understand that we aren't telling you what to do. This is just an insight of mm-hmm. three moms here who are sharing what their experiences with with their kids are. But what I encourage everyone to do is talk to your friends, to your children's friends, parents, reach out, yeah. find out what they are doing Find out what is right for your family and how y'all can stay connected, how y'all can be part of that family, the greater family, the greater middle school family, um, so that you can give each other heads up and take care of our kids because they, they're kids. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all learning. They're and all going to make mistakes. Yep. Yes. <laughs> they so, are. So, and so we are, are too. <laughs> yes, we are. Absolutely. Yes. And you know, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, ladies, thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank Thanks you. For it was fun.